We're back. Another episode of the podcast. Hello. Episode nine or ten. I'll say nine just to be safe, I think. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So it's been a week. I started school already. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks. I already have a paper due next <laughs> Friday. <laughs> have fun. Yeah. It's a linguistics class. So I'm learning about language. But it helps like for like learning more about like how to write characters, I would say. Yeah. Funny enough, because when you think about like language, right? Mm hmm. You have to think about, like, how would this person from this cultural background say this? Right. Because, like, when, you, when you're bilingual, right, you'll think about how to describe an object in one language, but then in order to transfer the other language, you're just running through your head how to, like, certain, how to, like, do multiple things at the same time. So it's like, it's, it's sort of like running through a math equation sometimes. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I get it. Trying to find the right system to work it and trying yeah. to figure out how to write each character. I get it. Oh, speaking of writing... I have not done anything because I haven't started school yet. But yeah, lucky. I know. <laughs> I, I, I started school on the 28th, so, um, you know, lucky me. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just waiting at this point, so trying to just kind of wait it out and uh, enjoy my time for how, yeah. how much time, you know, for how much I've left. But, um, you know, as I showed you, uh, we're recording in my new room today, so yes. woo, shout out. It's very nice. Yes. Uh, it's definitely larger than your old room, I'll say that. It works out. It worked out. It, uh have more space, have more, much more room to work, and uh, overall, I'd say it's an upgrade. Yeah. Not to brag, but I am bragging quite a bit. You got different shelving, you got a nice little nook for your uh, light table. Yeah. It's nice. It's good. I, um, I really like it. I just gotta wait on my bed. last last my 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 <laughs> yeah my bed and uh, yeah slight slight problem I uh, just need to upgrade my bed and uh, get some more posters ready and then we should be good. But yeah. otherwise, we're good. We're doing pretty good. Um, so what did you do this week, Davis? Well, I started school like I said. Um, but now we're because like my my um my major is completely project focus anyway so i got to do all the project stuff and start that off right so for i'm taking motion a motion graphics class called title design so okay. i'm gonna do the title entrance for our studio which i updated the logo to which looks pretty futuristic i went with like the sort of like cyberpunk um or futuristic punk like more like the ghost in the shell kind of thing yeah and I'll show, I'll show it to you when i pull it up on the uh, youtube channel um but I updated logo and then I'm going to probably do the intro for New Age Edge 6 for my final project because I want to get that done. Yeah. Because, like, I've started on animatics and everything just for, like, kind of place everything where I needed to have it moving parts. It's right. not fully done yet. I think I've only animated, like, the first, like, literally two short clips and then that was it. That's, like, probably, like, 30 to 40 seconds out of 10 minutes. So that's, like, about a minute down. It works. Yeah works uh what about you well uh didn't do too much in terms of uh let's say well made the new room uh took care of some work stuff then i had to pretty much like let's see what else oh my god sorry recalling everything your mind um, farts <laughs> i know my mind farts a lot during this podcast i'm sure as everyone's everyone has realized but um yeah, I mean, I, uh, let's see, ha, did, went to a couple parties uh, for the for Labor Day, you know, yeah, this, week's, this week's been pretty crazy so far, everyone's just been having parties even before week the weekend, so it's yeah. like, fuck me, uh, but let's see, otherwise, been getting my room ready, getting everything ready for school, um, set up my printer and computer, Having like my monitor was super weird uh, when I was setting up. It was like a yellow tint, and I was like, for the oh. longest time, I was like, "Fuck, what is wrong with this thing?" Was it the blue light filter? Uh, it turns out I just didn't plug it in enough. I didn't like screw it. Oh yeah, the, um... okay, yeah. That sometimes happens this is with the uh, with the monitors and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah I definitely remember moving my stuff around. It's like some things w wouldn't like turn on or turn to the right source because like it wasn't fully plugged into the back of the computer through the yeah. graphics. Uh, graphic card and it's like did you plug it in enough i'm like oh fuck me i bet i did Did you turn it on and off again charlie <laughs> yeah exactly the basics otherwise uh my parents and i have been watching some old disney classics I, uh... just that i've been getting in the mood to uh, animate again and it's always good to see just like 
History. Yeah. History. You know, we watched The Great Mouse Detective last night. Ooh. Interesting movie. Yeah. Not amazing, but it was all right. I mean, it was like, I I would give it like a six or seven out of ten. Yeah. If I was a critic, I mean, I'm okay. I would say I'm a right critic, but... Um, I'm the nostalgia critic, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so you, I remember you, so you don't have to. I'll scream like the top of my lungs <laughs> like a goat. Angry Joe bros and nostalgic critics. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so a little preface to that. We're bi- both big fans of Oni and like his friend group, I would say, because we do enjoy like the kind of the crude humor sometimes and like um, just, just the, the overall feeling they give off. So. I'm always a fan for cynical cynical yeah. shit it's always good it's um it's always funny because like i love see well it's like i love people talking about stuff that i watch like and i do watch occasionally uh nostalgia critic and angry joe well yeah because like because like okay i'll say this zach puts it in a really nice way or was it like he it says sometimes his stuff is just bad but sometimes it's just mediocre yeah and that's that's why i think it's good background noise yes i absolutely agree and i do that all the time whenever i'm playing a game or something i'll always occasionally like turn on nostalgia critic and just listen in the background and <laughs> occasionally i'll just be like what the fuck is they talk but um yeah but usually like i actually really enough i actually kind of like angry joe because like he does give you a lot of um pointers on buying stuff and he's i think he's better than it's, it's, that's a consumer thing though that's yeah. different it, yeah it is and he, and he does have that i will say he is consistent which i do appreciate like you know what he's gonna say and you know what he prefers <laughs> so i understand that you're, you should join for the enjoyment factor uh, t- entertainment yeah, factor at that I point do. i do and i mean and it's like and i've i did i have learned a lot about the gaming industry from his channel weirdly enough but um yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I know I understand why people don't like him as much, but it's just like for me, it's like I grew up with the guy, so it's like I under like yeah. I, I kind of understand. It's like one of those things where you watch as a kid and you kind of enjoy it overall. Yeah, it's just like it's a familiarity, you know. It's like oh, a new game came out. I don't want Joe thinks, and you just like you see the review and you're like oh, he thinks it should have this, this, and this. Yeah. But then you kind of argue. It's like we hear it from other people's perspectives, and it's like. Well, I mean, I feel like that would be too much on the developer, or yeah. it doesn't well, fit it, the it, game. It's hard, it's hard. Okay, I'll say this because like I've seen game development like on the indie level kind of stuff. Because I work with um, Pyrebug Studios, which is one of my friends' gaming company. They, yeah, they do make they basically make indie games. Um, so one of the games I did media consult- consultation on was Rubicon. It's like a it's basically a first person shooter inside like a twisting cube, right? So there's there's like there's six of them so like it's like, a, it's like one of those twi- uh, puzzle cubes right so like it'll right. just twist and turn when you um when the game starts so like that so i was working on that with them and they were, the dating development is really hard and to set everything up and to create assets to create everything especially for larger scale games it is extremely hard for what it's worth and in order to push that to find it kind of fit like this sort of like marketability of like time over money you know yeah as long as because games development, if it takes more time, you're gonna spend more money on it, no matter what. Because mm-hmm. that's just how hand hand goes. Is like the more time you spend on it, the more money you need. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like you should not, you shouldn't be making games for that long of a time. Yeah. And then try to sell it. You should be trying to kind of keep it consistent, saying, "Hey, it's it, this is what it is, and we we're gonna keep working on it as long as like you guys are invested inside of it." You know. Yeah. And I find that game development for me is always a bit of a gamble because it's like it depends. Well, it depends. Like if you're making a big AAA game, you're gonna. It's sort of like an investment, you yeah. know. It's like you really. It's you're gonna make it for X amount of time. You're gonna plan for that, obviously. Yeah. But if it's a game where it's like a new IP, you know, it's gonna be a bit risky because you don't know to sell it's gonna be hard yeah you're not gonna know no one knows about it no one really understands it so it's like marketing is gonna come into effect and that's gonna cost money yeah and then you gotta you know make some pretty cinematics and that's gonna cost money on top of the fact that you're diverting personnel from like other well-known titles that could also draw money easy like fifa or something like that yay but then again, it also brings a bit of excitement. You know, it's like, ooh, a new, new series. IP, something new. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's not ooh. old enough to be like, oh, 
they're re- just rehashing this again or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Madden 20. <laughs> Madden, what was it? Madden 21? Yeah, it's Madden 20. You, did you ever um, see that um, Instagram reel thing where it's like um, uh, NBA 2K21 ripped off uh, NBA 2K20 and that ripped off 22K19? They're all the same game. It there. is, basically. It's all just the sports. Updates. It's just an updated patch. That's yeah. it. And the you know, you know... The game like a game is done super bad when the mass media and everyone who people who don't even know what the game is start no, talking it is. about yeah. it and like when everyone's making a fuss about it you know you fucked up because like same with battlefront like people who love the game are make such an outcry that people who don't play it and like aren't even that involved in video games are like oh like, shit this shit, is a seems, really big yeah, problem seems like it's actually shitty yeah uh, but that's another thing that like i I'll, i point out inside arguments though is too is when people pay for ips and licensing they want to max out max out the revenue they're going to get to make up for that money spent which makes sense right, right yeah you want to see a return on your sort of investment yeah but it's one of those things where it's like if you rush everything so fast people aren't going to be able to buy everything at one at one big time so yeah. that's why you have to plan these out so like okay for the first like couple of years, we'll start exporting like like for a TV show, right? For Star Wars, whatever. Disney should have been like, okay, first couple of years we have we have lessons. We're going to start upgrading and and um, updating the Blu-rays and stuff. Make sure everything's consistent with like a full thing. Right. So we'll release like brute like a Blu-ray set for the fr- original for the prequels and the sequel and the tr- original trilogy. Then focus on your next big movie budget because that's what you're gonna spend a lot more money on. It'd be good to have the sort of revenue from the first Blu-rays to help that out. You know? Yeah. No, I get it. I just think that. Um, well, <laughs> sorry. I just think that when you sort of make a fran when you have a franchise series you have to have lot you have to have some like consistent level you have to know like what the what you should have in each game for each title you know in yeah. in the series and if you just do small increments for each new title people are going to start essentially just seeing the the fault you know yeah. like people will be like when you look back at it, they're like, the history's like, oh, this hasn't changed at all. It's just been the same fucking thing forever. Meanwhile, you have series like, I don't know, like Mario or something. Mario, like, Harry Potter. They do really well with like, they because they, they, well, well, Harry Potter's a book, so like they had time to like read everything, go over and yeah, like do a, it. They did a different story and different gameplay and all that. Meanwhile, you know, well, I want to get into live service at some point, but... Yeah. You know, meanwhile, Madden and 2K just repeat the same thing. And this also could be death for a story as well. If you're just repeating the same thing over and over. I mean, sometimes it works like one piece is sort of like, like a running thing where Luffy will come into a, uh, a meeting with like a royalty or something yeah, like royalty. that. But it's, it's honestly more the side characters that kind of make it. Yeah. Because like you already know what Luffy is, how he's going to act. So it's going to be like how the side characters fit into this big puzzle, yes. you know? And it's fun to see like him put into into certain situations that like you would be like, what would Luffy do in this situation? Yeah. But another time. He would charge right in and punch the shit out of that person. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. And I think that it's hard to have a like a go, like a you know a golden goose or you have like a, a winning formula yeah and have it be that way for for an x amount of time to keep it fresh and like not age because like yes. the dragon ball formula kind of ages you know oh absolutely it ages really poorly toriyama doesn't well the thing is the original core story doesn't have enough of like stuff in it to just like have like well essentially they just milk they milk the cow like too much yeah there's like without new stuff coming out there's nothing else that they can like like, even with super right yeah it was just like tournament after tournament you know yeah and like it kind of felt a little bland and i was like okay i'm seeing a lot of this this is why it's taking up a bunch of 50 freaking episodes just to get get back to goku you know right because like inside a normal tv show where it'd be like 30 minutes and like yulia would like set 12 episodes to work with mm-hmm. it would have been much more faster to just stick with goku right yeah and then branch off were one complete episode for everyone else you know yeah and no. not focus on the side characters you keep going and then yeah i, I mean and i know toriyama originally planned for the cells or no sorry not cell uh frieza 
Frieza saga to be like the last yeah. thing originally, and they just kind of kept going with it. It spiraled out of control, kind and, of. Yeah, and I mean, like, but Cell was cool, and all the bad guys after that look cool. And but that's the key thing, though. They look cool. They and aren't the, really. The story wasn't planned yeah. out enough where these characters are like, oh, okay, so this is just the next villain of the week yeah. type thing. Meanwhile, Frieza was built up slowly over the course of yeah, how course many of the arcs? arc was like oh, who are we going to meet this? But, like, it kind of really fell off because, like, the androids were supposed to be the major big bads of the Cell arc. But then his editor was like, no, you got to make it something else. Make it more like yeah, Frieza. absolutely. And then he came out with Cell. But the editor was like, can you make it more human? And that's why he transforms. Yeah. And then Boo at the end was kind of a shit show, in Boo. my opinion. Yeah, no, they really, I don't know what happened with Boo. But it was just, I guess he wanted to try something different and, like, try to make it more of, like, a force of nature. Yeah. But then again, it's like he has no personality. And it's like... Yeah, it, it, they try to go for the pure evil kind of route where this is just pure malice. Yeah. And the only reason why is because that Supreme Kai uh, is inside of uh, Majin Buu. Yeah. To... And you know what it is, though? I feel like going, like... I feel like doing a new kind of villain for Dragon Ball is really hard because all the previous villains of Dragon Ball are always cocky, snooty, yeah. like bastards. But that's what we love. We, we love the cockiness. We you love... like the underdog fight of like Goku coming out on top, even yeah. though he's in a winning position. But when Goku like wins for the 50th time, you're like, all right, well, yeah. there's no point, you know? <laughs> exactly. I want to see Goku lose, unironically. I want to see Vegeta actually win. And he does. And he, he is winning, technically winning in this in this other super manga. Yeah. But we it's not getting animated, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's and plus Goku does lose a bunch in Super, but it's eh. he bounces back, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's like it's not that big of a deal. He, it's like he's not, it's not as like it does, it doesn't hurt him as much as it does Vegeta because Vegeta yeah. for him, it's like I fucking lost again, exactly. Ah, you know, he like he takes it as a personal hurt hit to his he pride, his, it hurts his pride, right? But Goku's just like, all right, whatever, it's fine. And that's what, you know, he has to be like that because he's the main character and he has that and he has everything figured out. But once your main character has everything figured out, there's no tension left. There's yeah. no, there's no, uh, I think that's what I kind of like about the Yu-Gi-Oh ending though. It's cause like the main, cause Atem had to lose in order to move on. Right. Yeah. Cause like in order, cause like that's the biggest thing. He was so focused on winning in the beginning of like, cha like it's like. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you have to lose to like your best friend in order to move on with your life, and that's kind of the harder part on both ends because you got to deal with the one side of like, oh, he needs to go because he he did his mission and his job is done, and then you have the Yuki side where it's like, it's been not that long of a time, and then we're still learning a bit more about him because we just literally learned his name in the last volume to the manga, and it's just like, yep, yeah. it's time to go. It's sad, but it's, you know, that, that kind of ending though is, is really nice. Cause it's something that you, it, it's built up over time yeah. and it's like, fight yourself, you know? And, yeah. And that's what a, what a lot of times Yu-Gi-Oh does come down to. It comes down to <laughs> the best friends fighting because yeah. inside Zexel, I believe they had, cause it's like the, it's, it's the same thing where like the main character has his like spirit guide. Yeah. So, so Yuma fights, um, Ash, astral at the end but it's right. real like ah oh, psych i just wanted you to make sure like you remember to have fun while dueling and that's a fine message in itself it's just kind of like shitty to bring up that plot point of like his his kind of like behind the scenes goal was to do this but it's actually this yeah um five d's was literally a sort of um hero against the world kind of thing uh, yeah like present versus future which is super weird it, it's, it it's a weird one it never made sense fully in my mind because like he came back in time and then took over like the council or whatever i will say it has some of the coolest character designs but it's a very weird story yeah and a very like i mean the bikes thing is cool but yeah. it's just like what but then you get to arc five and then the story's just kind of all over the place but like it's more enjoyable because like you follow a lot more characters yeah sometimes like i, I watch the sub of it because like that's what i really want to watch because the sub is way better than the the dub in my opinion yeah because like we, I think we should we should watch the first two episodes on 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 uh, Amazon Prime because like hey. it, it is kind of trash but it's kind of hot yeah like that funny trash hot though garbage yeah yes. but like at the end of that one it's like oh like he's just trying to like find his own way of doing which I think is kind of better because we because like we set it's kind of more of a Seto Kaiba versus Yugi kind of thing going on there's a rival to him 
and I really think I enjoy that more than having like, oh, it's just you fighting your own inner demons kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I also like the fact that when it comes to rival stories, I like it when the rival's not like super edgy. I like it. It's just like he's like I well, I don't know how I say this. I like the I like it when the rival doesn't take it too seriously. That it's like oh, I'm just gonna fucking hate you yeah. forever, like Sasuke. When it's like. A good example would be uh, Asta and Yuno in Black Clover. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those budding rivalries, which is like they like each other because like they want to become better. They have the same goal, but they want to be better than each other. Yeah, and there's not no g- real hate within that relationship. No, there's nothing like, and you know, like if it comes down to it, they'll both help each other out, no problem. Yeah. So it's like I love that kind of. I like that kind of rivalry, but obviously, you know. I love you know you want the competitive side you the want asshole some- rival Gary Oak motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> See now I don't want the I don't want the rivals like what's like that you don't the- know your name all right asshat let's go. <laughs> I see now I like those kinds of rivals more than the uh, let's just be friends or like you know let's like I'm I, uh, like the uh, ones in Sword and Shield where it's like they're less about the competitive side and they're like just kind of the all go go lucky kind of rival like hop and like how we're it's yeah. like pokemon it's like you need a little bit of something like you don't you need to a be... balance yeah and it's like you don't i don't want it to be like exactly like you know you know like one of the perfect examples of a good balance like yeah. he's not he's not like he's a pushover but he's not a complete asshole yeah they they need a foil correctly in order to work yeah but i'd say like if you're playing if you're if it's a game then i'd say you want to lean a bit more towards the dick side because like you you're yeah physically like because the character cause like, yeah because the character arc about that one is like he's supposed to be a dick in the beginning but then come around in the end yeah and that's what you really look out for because like Sotokai but soda does that in the end where he's like in the manga he just kind of like sort of accepts it and then he moves on until we get to the, like dark side dimensions where he's like yeah no i still want to beat the fucking pharaoh duel me yugi bring <laughs> him back and then i'll whip his ass so i'm just bring like yeah back. bring him back I, gotta get back back to the past samurai jack whatcha whatcha <laughs> <laughs> i um oh you know it's another great example of a rival character fucking virgil from devil may cry yeah that's a, that's a good one because because it sets them to be brothers too yes and i love it devil may cry 3 is one of my favorite games growing up as a kid hard as shit by the way could never really beat it when i was a kid <laughs> saw my brother playing it a lot though super yeah. cool but um i always saw virgil's like whoa this fucking guy's a kick-ass person yeah i want to see more of this dude and um he's always one like when you fight him He's challenging. Like he's challenging as fuck. Like he's one oh, of the yeah, hardest yeah, yeah. people to fight. I've seen gameplay of this. Yeah, man. He he's great um story-wise too. Like he's definitely on the more dickish side yeah. for sure. Like almost the he's a he's essentially a villain, but he like it he like goes from villain to hardcore rival kind yeah, of Yeah, it's one of those scenes where it's like I think it's like one of those scenes like he just don't want he just want Dante to be better but better than him. Oh yeah, know? no. It's all about power to him. He yeah. does he like he, in all of, in every single game that he's in, all his one objective is I guess got to win against Dante. That's all yeah, I, I want. Yeah, I want to win. I need to win. I need to win. There's no other reason for me to win. And um, my Super Saiyan pride. He is essentially that. He's like his pride is a demon, or is this? You know, he's like he knows he could be more powerful than Dante. Yeah. Um, I can unlock my full potential. Essentially. But um, if you want to see more of Devil May Cry, shout out to uh, uh, Pat and Wooly from Super Best Friends. Who... Oh, that, you can't say that anymore. They're not best friends anymore. <laughs> uh, well, um, don't, don't they do Super Castle Beast? Or... I don't I don't know. They do something else. Because, th- like, what? Matt and Pat didn't work out because of, of the ship from Machinima to, like, their own channel. Wooly, I think, he was, like, through that sort of, like, the tack-on kind of, like, Well, person. they do a podcast still. They do, uh, uh what was it? Uh, well, that's, I think that's Wooly and Pat, not Yeah, that's Wooly and Pat. No, yeah. I'm saying Wooly and Pat did a... Oh, yeah, they, I think they still do They still do stuff together sometimes. But. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, check that playthrough out. That's a kick-ass... The, sorry, Devil May Cry... The, they do a whole Devil May Cry series playthrough, um... In the pat in the past, if you yeah. could check that out. I, but but shout say, out to those guys, yeah. by the way, and and Matt too. They're all great guys. Dude, um, that was shouted. Like, let me just talk about like the actual Machinima channel, right? So back in the early two thousands to like two thousand thirteen, so Machinima was probably the hottest place to like actually get your content shown. Yeah. But it was apparently a fucking shit show because uh. like the CEO, I think, of the company was involved with that college scandal where he where they they uh 
paid whatever amount of money to get kids into college. Oh dear. And it was it was funny. It's kind of funny to see this karma to back come back at him. But like there were a lot of times like um the Funhouse, um Ricky and Elliot from ETC, mm. uh all of the, a lot of the like, inside root. Not really. No, no. Rashid was not Machinima. They no, were their no, own no. little factor. Right. Um, but right, Super yeah. Best Friends plays, Sandy Not Included, which had Lyle and uh, Dexter. A but- the Master Chief, uh, RB and Chief, that, like, a lot of stuff were very, really cool, like, story and content wise. Um, even um, Sonic for Hire. That was probably one of the, I would say, one of the, like, largest sh- shows for, like, mm. adult animation. Because when you chalk it down, animation in the 2000s, there wasn't a lot to like cater to like sort of the older audience, right? Right. So what what I think a lot of the smarter thing idea was was the guys just took things that adults like have fond memories of and liked and just put a new spin on it for a mature audience. That's why like Army and Chief did well, setting on included, like with the machinima, all that kind of stuff. It did well because it it knew a target audience because it was basically written by um written by them for that for them. Because like that's what they're going for right exactly what they what the niche is for them yeah i get it and i like fuck there's so many there's all the things you list that i just love all that stuff and i d- actually didn't know about that that's fun that, that's interesting that you told me about that yeah so much things you don't know about the internet but then again i've, I've existed yeah. here for so long but um i'm not, uh i think lyle transferred over to oni plays and then he's he has a show on um destructoid which i really enjoy it's called pregame discharge Okay. So I'll look that, that up out. when you have a chance. That's yeah. probably my favorite, like, sort of web series, like on, like on YouTube for like a sort of news type of show. Um, Inside Gaming came back. They, the Rooster Teeth, I would say, bought the rights again. I think, like, yeah, I think business. they're part. Yeah, I they think went because they, they, they brought it back. I remember watching the first live stream of like them actually like going over like past content, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But kind of, it kind of, I kind of miss uh, Lawrence, Bruce, and like adam and james together yeah that 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 sucks when they left well yeah. like bruce yeah bruce left lawrence left because um, i think it was it was lawrence who left first right yeah then bruce left to do his like he did be do, tri- do do twitch yeah and then adam and james are still there with elise and then, uh, then I, I i enjoy like the sort of the sort of the editors matt yeah uh, jacob and um even Al- ryan and Alana's- like alana yeah, a lot of like, good. A, yeah. a lot of like the sort of like newer people are still fun, and I really enjoy that. I just kind of I miss Spool, I miss Joel. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough. Like when you when when the sorry when a big cast of people like you you know growing up leaves, it yeah. makes that it makes a big hole in your heart where you're just like, oh man. And then like they go on to do the different things, but you don't have enough time in your day to go watch those certain things. Yeah, and that just makes it a whole lot harder to like kind of. It's like the sort Smosh of like, effect when when Anthony left. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it was like, well, that's a whole other fiasco yeah. about, like, channel management and, like, knowing who you're selling to. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's rough. Like, there's a whole dark history with that kind of stuff. I just, like. Yeah, sweet. MCMs are kind of shitty. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. Because, like, I remember, because I, um, Moist Critical, who is on Twitch, that's his Twitch name, but Charlie. Is it's actually his name, hey, which is funny enough. Shout out, great name. Yeah, um, yeah, but he has his own little uh, company that does the sort of MCM thing with other channels. Oh, okay. But they they're much more favor of being the channel first kind of creator. So they have a person at YouTube to contact with, and then this kind of stuff, go, and that kind of stuff. And that's what I really think is probably the most the the best benefit for of mcm is that you have someone to communicate on your behalf to like figure things out but the problem about but like mcms is that you need to do it well enough to actually do it you know right you you need to show them that you're capable before they're able to to support you because a lot of mcms i really believe weren't run by youtubers they were run by companies who thought like oh if we just get if we we're going to, we're going to like advertise them, we're going to do this, but we're going to get like thirty percent of the revenue, which is still pretty shitty, in my opinion. Because like if anything, an eighty twenty split would be the i would be the best, but a ninety to ten would be the ideal for the content creator. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. 
And I think if, if you've done that, it would have shown more people like, oh, these are guys, these guys are reliable yeah. and they're trustworthy and they give a good price, you know, and that's yeah, yeah, one more... of the things like if your price is low enough, you'll get more customers that way. Yeah. Because it's, it's the marketing chicken game is that, oh, we could price it as high as we can and target our hardcore fans or we can make it at the price as low as possible and target the general audience I and then try to do it that way. I know a perfect example for that as well. It's is Steam versus uh, Epic. Epic. Yes. That is a great example of that as Steam just refuses to fucking change. Yeah. And Epic is like, yo, we're doing all this shit for you guys. I mean, to be fair, they have... Cool, because Epic out, uh, buys outright keys to do their free things, yeah. their free giveaways and stuff. So like they will officially if you if like it's exclusive they'll buy the keys they they set the term contract we'll buy this many and then it should be enough to cover all the free games that they'll give away right because I would never buy these games person on the Epic Store if they weren't free in my opinion right no I agree too and like the word free just elicits like in everyone's mind it's just like oh my god yes. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's a, it's a wonderful feeling yeah. knowing that you don't have to do you have to pay anything. You don't have for to pay it. anything for yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where it's like if they pay if the company's already paying for the outright, which it should be automatically, right? Right. Because it, it it hurts creators on the basic level of like they have to be basically doing paycheck to paycheck work, right? Right. But if you bond, if you like do like the whole thing where it's like okay, we're getting this amount of money for the project, and then you complete that project, you'll receive the rest of it later on that's why i think is that is what really should be happening usually inside being a content creator especially like with animation you need to pay guild rates you need to pay these people properly and that's why unions are important but it's also one of those problems was like these bars to get into these unions are really high yes and i think a big part of it is that you need to show like how far you've come what you're planning on doing and what like and how like Cap- how capable you are like you yeah. said before and it's like i think a good um sure of that is like patreon for one thing that's what a lot of artists use yeah kickstarter, kickstarter even though you like, don't have to yeah um uphold your word and be like yeah we're just not gonna do that we're just gonna like, take the money and run because it's like it's important i think as an artist if you're going if you're doing a big project or a game developer or whatever it's important to show the people who are paying you to like how to show them like this also comes in in like basic business as well obviously it's like it's important to show people that like what you're doing how far are you and what your plans are for the future yeah so that they're able to get peace of mind and you have like, a uh, market plan and yes. you have like this sort of map to go off exactly it's like if you show your teacher if you if you show your teacher uh, like your homework but there's nothing on it then and say like oh no 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 it's gonna have all this stuff, yeah. but then two weeks later you have nothing on it. It's like it's yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you need to show one proof of concept of like what you're actually doing, and then right. two carry on that proof of concept. Even it could be anything at that point because like it does take time to produce like film and animation. Oh, yeah. It's no doubt, and especially during these hard times where it's like you have to deal with Corona, COVID, and like all these guidelines. Like you can't be close to certain people, that kind of stuff. And then you you're bringing people from from like who have lives outside of their own job, you know, gaffers, best boys, directors, cinematographers, and like even the PAs, they are um, coming in from somewhere you don't know. And you don't want to take that risk of bringing them in to infect other people. Yeah. Because that's how it's going to spiral out of control. really. Right. And it's hard because you need to have that one grand vision and you need to have, well, you need to have a solid plan for one great, good talent. Well, I, you know, you just need people to, be able to help you create it. Yeah. And then I think the best projects are done over a long pan of, span of time. Obviously, yeah. the more time you have on something, the more time you're able yeah. to work on it and, and prove it. But sometimes that can work to your detriment where it's like you get too much outside information and then it kind of corrupts it, it, everything. It's one of those things where the too many um, cooks spoil the soup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, and, and I think, you know, it's important to listen to the fans, obviously, because these are the people who are buying it from yeah. you. Yeah. But at a certain point, you kind of want to just be like, all right, but this is what I want to do. This is my specific vision, and this is how I want to take it. It's one of those things where it's like, you need to know who you're selling this to, and then how do you include your own vision into it, you know? Yeah. I, but I've, but I also feel like one of the most annoying things for me is when someone comes out with a half-baked game or... Yeah, definitely. Know, 
something like that. No Man's Sky, literally. Because like it's one of those things where I think it goes the internet historian route where he says the game built up too much hype to be what it's worth. Yeah. Because I really think for what it was worth, that game should have come out at 30. Then you... Then, like, once you, like, update everything, you sell the complete edition, you know? Yeah. Because it was not ready for what it, for the time being. And that's what also, like, annoys me about other live service games. It's like, you're paying for, essentially, a work-in-progress game. You're, yeah. You're paying for a full price for a beta. Or... Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, if you're paying for early access, the, the thing for early access shouldn't be that much. And the worst thing is, is that if you don't have enough faith in it, or people don't have enough faith in it and don't pay enough that they're like their whole thing like oh we're gonna do it later becomes oh we're not just, we're just not gonna do it at all because yeah. you can you didn't support us enough it's like what it's like come on dude you gotta like, make the full game you can't just be like oh. i expected to play online with my friends i wanted to build space stations i wanted to build my own space it's like if you tell like another going back to the teacher analogy it's like if you tell a teacher like oh you didn't give me an a so i'm just not gonna, yeah, I'm do not gonna try work. exactly it's like no you have to show them you're the one that has to do it not us you know yeah. you're the one yeah it's just that's what i like about college because like it's up to you Everything you do in college is up to you. So whatever yes. you do, it's on you. It's not on the teacher. It's not anyone. Unless the teacher just literally just doesn't do anything. That's a different story. Yeah, that is a different story. If the teacher's not willing there's to a difference help you between, out enough, yeah, it's like, There's uh, a difference between a teacher not teaching the material versus you not caring about that material. Yeah. And I could t- and that's another good uh, metaphor for a game. <laughs> I could go on with metaphors. Um, like, say, for instance, a team's not invested in the project. Yeah. it's It becomes a lot harder to... Well, that's what Steam does. Product. Steam doesn't work on anything unless people want to work on it, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why you only have Portals 1 and 2 and Half-Life 1 and 2, and then you have Alex. That's it. Yeah. No one want to work on Half-Life 3, and that's why it never came out. Right. Which hope, which I heard, did hear they're going to make another one, but it's I don't know when it's coming Probably. out. Probably. I don't know. Because it's one of those things where it's like they don't want to build like hype like No Man's Sky and then completely... Yeah, fit, you know. Yeah, plus Half Life Half Life Three has been always been like memed about meme. like the meme, the greatest game Val of all can't time. Ca- can't count past three, can't past two or whatever. Yeah, half or uh, Left 4 Dead one, two, and nothing else. Yeah. I would love yeah, Left 4 Dead three. Honestly, I would but... I would like to have like a physical upgrade to that game. Yeah, because it it is kind of old. It is like they could do so much with today's graphics, and they could do so much with just well, they could do with VR too. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, man, I I kind of want them to. Do... Dude, imagine playing Left 4 Dead inside VR. Oh god. my god, there's probably a mod on on like either on the Steam Workshop or like. Um... The thing is though, like I think this is the biggest problem with VR is movement. Is always been movement. It's because like yeah. they got the visuals down, but movement to me, it's like it breaks my immersion when I have to point somewhere and teleport and like. Well, that's the thing you got to figure out, though, yeah. right? Do you want to do full body tracking, or do you want to use the, just a headset and the controller? Yeah. So the headset and controller is easier to figure out, because like, if you use a camera, right, the camera, anything that you have should be already tied to the camera movement. And like, you look up or down, left or right. It's up to the movement of the stick, and like that's how you kind of like get misaligned with like you're right. walking around. Yeah. And I mean, eventually, I'm sure they're going to pan that. They're going to fix they're gonna they're gonna figure out i'm sure eventually i mean their vr technology is pretty well out there and like for what it's worth like the old versions of it are pretty cheap are cheaper now than what they were before right but like they're all are also like better alternatives to like vr and stuff dell has one for like two hundred dollars i think hp has one too for like two hundred dollars it's really it's like the bar is set low. It's just that the mainstream ones are just set really high. It's like Apple, you know? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think I'm ever going to buy VR, but maybe... You're going to be good for it, though. Yeah. No, I, I think so, too. But it's just like, I it has to be at the point where, like, I can do it easily. You want you want to experience your hair in video games like in, uh, <laughs> in like Ready Player One. Listen, I want all games from now on to have the hair physics from Sun Wukong, the Black Myth in every game that the new next gen should be like that in terms of hair physics but listen it's all right <laughs> they not... should have so basically you want to have that sort of dragon quest your story game engine essentially <laughs> yes but with the actual toriyama art style mm, i want the slime to talk in um steve bloom's voice steve bloom's <laughs> voice every time i need the uh the small cute character to 
talk in Steve Bloom's voice and be like, I, I need to save you from, from the hacker. Um, yeah, man, it's just live service games to me. It just always ticked me off. I, 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 well, I mean, it's not ticked me off. Like they got me when I was younger. Like I bought for honor when I was a kid and I thought that was the for cool. honor wasn't bad. No, it definitely could have been something more. No, I agree. And I think that for what it was, it was fine. I, I like the fact that they added a campaign campaign. That was cool. And I think where it is right now, I mean, I haven't played it in God knows how long, but I've seen some updates for it and it looks pretty good. I mean, all the newest, like the Chinese faction <clears throat> or the Shaolin faction. I'm sorry. Oh, they added another one. That's interesting. That like, that was a while ago, I think with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, raid or was the raid mode? I forget the name of it. it Cause was... like, it's one of those things where it's like you, for that game to work, right? You just need to import new maps. You don't necessarily need to change up story or anything like you just need to no, make yeah. it yeah. fresh. Oh, new characters and maps. And that's, a, well, it's essentially a fighting game. It's, yeah. it's literally just a 3d fighting game. It's like got a different UI and imagine like but, an actual, like, like a 3d fighting arena with swords. That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty sweet. I would love to see that. I, um, I guess that's basically cell caliber, but like actual like sword stances and like actual things well, like dictate what, how you strike, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that Tekken is a good example of a 3D fighter, but well, it's like a 2.5D actually. It's yeah, not really it uses 3D. The, you. It will use sort of like the you know like the um, the camera rule where it's like you don't cross the line. Yeah. So it uses that thing where it's like it just it always keeps you on that 180 plane, but you're inside like a 3D turning like globe or whatever. Right. Yeah. You're always on a line. You're not gonna actually like step off it. Um. But it's interesting to see like well there's one there's actually uh swords and sorcery you ever you ever heard that game before it's a vr game it's like you're essentially just like it's sort of like you're it's sort of like a physics game where it's like you just pick it's like it's sort of like a sword combat game where you just oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah guy and it's (laughs) i've seen some funny clips it's like gorn but like me like realistic yeah yeah yeah. i would love to see like a skyrim game like that but then again it would kind of does have vr but yeah, we kind of break it though. Like to be fair, if there was like if if it did it like that, but um, you have to engineer your whole game around VR to do that. Yeah, like Alex and Alex is a great like honestly, Alex I think is like amazing. It's probably the best. It's one VR of the game. better games revolving around the v like the VR uh VR mechanics. I would say. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting choice that they went with that, but I definitely think that in the long run it'll be looked back as like one of the top titles in VR. I think. Yeah, because it's just so interesting and such an in-depth uh, mechanics-wise for it. Hey, what? you want to talk about the boys? Oh yeah, we talk about the boys. So we watched the um, second season of the boys today. The first three episodes, really interesting. Oh boy, very good, very good. I'm very happy with what I've seen. I uh, watched the first episode before we watched it. Yeah. So I remembered that, but then I hadn't watched the se- uh, second and third, and boy howdy does a lot happen in these three episodes like holy shit i was like okay i we're mean they're, gonna... they're about hour, they're about an hour each so like they're three hours long yeah true and i'm and i love like how they're paced as well it's like some you know it, it can slow a bit and you kind of like when it, the camera when the story switches to another character you're just like come on go back you to go the back other to the actual cool stuff but then it's like, you know, that also gets interesting. And it's like everything that is involved is really cool. And, it, and it's all building up to something. So yeah. it's like I'm all in for it. But I think this these three episodes have some more of the distur- most of the disturbing stuff, more disturbing stuff than in the first season. In my oh, opinion. yeah. The production budget for this was like, I would say five times bigger. <laughs> yeah. Dude, every time Homelander is on the screen, I kind of. Like I, I kind of reel back a bit because I know something fucked is gonna. Yeah, happen. something's happening, dude. Like the scene, I don't, I don't really want to spoil it, but I kind of want to spoil it. Spoiler warning, it's a big spoiler warning coming up. But the part where he throws his, uh, his son, son off, off the, the roof. fucking yeah. roof, I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it's such a real thing. It looked well, real. It, well, because it's one of those things where it's like, do you actually believe that it's his son? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, this is the moment where you think, like, uh, are you absolutely sure? And then yeah. when he wakes up, it's like, okay, all right. Yeah. He wakes up and then he she 
glows laser eyes and then right because well actually you know what's interesting in the in the first season last episode he like you know he like touches his son and he's like yeah. you're my son the eyes glow but you don't really know for sure if it's just a reflection off his yeah. or if it's actually his son's so it's like <laughs> yeah so that's another thing i'm really hoping to figure out this season because my 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 spoiler alert uh my part kind of like theory is that because like they say like oh the compound v or whatever is released to the public right so yeah. like how does how does the uh, vonat say that oh no that's just fake and then here's like the actual proof and then here's um and then he they i guarantee they're gonna get the kid to like do his show his superpowers and like oh yeah this is um this is uh homelander's son well i argue that the cat's already out of the bag and i think that everyone now knows definitively that heroes are made but i think it's just like oh wait no you're right you're right um because they did they didn't uh, they didn't exact they didn't um because flat out say they denied the fact that they did not know what compound v was right you're right yeah. And they're going to launch an investigation on it. So. Right. And then you, then you think they're going to bring out. Okay. They're going to bring out the kid as like a prime example. Like, no, superheroes can be born genetically. Just look at the kid and. Yeah, you're right. And home. That could home that definitely could work. Because I, cause I definitely see that. I can definitely see that happening. And like, I think it'd be good for them. It's just to pin all the blame on the boys. Yeah. And, as like the terrorist group is like, they're the ones that did it. Yeah. And, you know. But then you have to explain, like, okay, then why did Butcher kill Madame yeah, Stillwell or what's yeah. her name? Because um, so. they, they already still like they already say kind of out the bag of like Madame Stillwell was supposed to like was a part of the rogue scientists to release it. Yeah. So it's kind of like they already threw her underneath the thing. So it's like, why would he supposedly kill her? Yeah, exactly. Because then you had you're not going to be able to connect them now because uh if he killed her then what was and the then point why, 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 what was the point right yeah and it's like uh and now and now um what the brother's dead and then yeah and then what about the cia blah 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 that kind of stuff you know right exactly it's a it's it's a lot of open hole it's a lot of like you know they're like a ship and it's like there's a lot of holes in it that they yeah. have to fix up and it's just like jesus how are they how the writers gonna fix this pothole right now and then Deep had a one cool moment in the, in the fucking thing so far, and I and I feel bad for him, but at the same time I'm like, no, I, you know yeah. what? No, he's just no, a fucking he's a idiot. Fucking. At loser. first, I thought they were gonna do something with him, like make him more badass or something like that. And for the short moment, I thought they were doing it, but then because of the because of the sharks and like yeah. the whale, but like he's still a bitch ass <clears throat> bitch in the end. Yeah, exactly. Like the moment Butcher's like. No, fuck this. I'm not listening to Aquaman. And he just fucking drives the boat into the whale. I'm like, fuck. See, that was brutal. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. And I always love and I love the fact that like they come out of every situation with a superhero, either covered in blood or totally disheveled. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Or yeah. the other. Gee, but like, man, it just really puts into perspective like they cannot go toe to toe with these guys. I mean, some of them sure. But, but the seven, no way, because no they're fucked. They'd be yeah. fucked. I mean, they're humans. They're like they can't do anything against these guys until they find like some kind of way of like a kryptonite or something to get rid of compound V inside their blood or whatever. Yeah. Well, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I heard. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say it. I mean, it's probably not gonna be even the same thing. But like, nah, I'm not gonna spoil it. Fuck it. Nah, nah, it's fine. It's we'll just, it's, it's from the graphic novel like, or comic or whatever. Someone told me about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." But it might you, you it, tell me off off uh, my yeah. We'll, it we'll it probably it. it probably won't be the same. It probably they probably won't do it. Yeah, I actually, it's one. It's an adaptation, so they could swing either way. Yeah, and I will say for an adaptation, it's pretty fucking great. I mean, the like uh, who plays the new head of thought what's his name um the black guy yeah the guy I don't, I don't from remember. mandalorian i forgot his name he's amazing though i yeah. love him he's so cool he's such a great villain he's such a he's such a fun actor as a villain yeah but um he's got that calm demeanor he's also gonna be in far cry uh six i believe is he yeah he's the new villain for far cry what's, six. The, what's that one gonna be because i remember it's far cry five was the one about the he it's, crazy religious cult this one's going to be set in columbia and i believe the Ooh, story revolves around 
El Presidente, who's the main villain who the guy plays as, and he's like the dictator. Oh, uh, so it's just top over dictatorships. Yeah, it's back to back to the old formula, I think, for them. But um, yeah, because four was in the Alps with the uh, with the crazy Asian guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of fucking work, dude. He 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 he's like killing it with modern television yeah. shows and games. Like it's um yeah. Oh, did you watch uh Fate Apocrypha yet? No. We should watch that after the podcast. We should. Cause like the first, all right. So this starts kind of slow, but like when you get to it, you get to it like actually. Nice. I've been reading uh, Witchcraft Works. You ever uh, read that? Sounds familiar. It's like a uh, small, normal guy and a uh, beautiful, like, idol of the school, like, tall chick. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I talking yeah. about. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's not bad. It's, uh, I love the art style. Like, really, like, yeah. reading it, it's like, whoa, it's really cool. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I've been binging my uh, Slice of Life uh, rom-coms. I've been reading one that was that's rated like one of the highest on manga decks right now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really cute, honestly. It's really one of the probably the best series overall, in my opinion, that deserves an anime adaptation. But like, it's it's still like up there with like it's like it's under. I would say, in like large circles, it's it's like unknown. But within like rom-com circles, it's like top of the top. Right. What's the name of it? Forget. Let me check my phone. We are fact checking right now. Yeah. But uh, overall, otherwise, reading uh, read the newest chapter for One Piece once again. Great series, love it, favorite. So my hero's getting somewhere though. The my hero. Very surprised about that. Very very interested in what's going on right now. Black Clover is doing something pretty cool right now, though they're kind of just just going. They're going like they're getting it done. But yeah, I mean, my hero. I'm not sure where it's gonna go. I hope that they leave itself open for new stuff, and it keeps going strong. But I'm sure someone is going to die. Not sure who. Definitely not gonna be Deku. But yeah, it's gonna be somebody. It might have been. No. Okay, so the series is called uh, Futari Ashita Mo Solenari Ni. What's the story about again? So basically, um, a social life comedy about Yuya and Ryo, a young couple who's about four years his senior who have just started living together. Huh. Yeah. It's really good. I, I highly recommend it if like, you're actually into like, com- like rom-coms. Rom-com. Yeah. How long have you been going on the timer? Let's see. We are 53 minutes in. I think we should call it here. We're talking about, right. that's, that's, that's a good podcast right We talked right about there. the main stuff. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful Labor Day weekend so far. Keep it up, I guess. Enjoy it. Um, I'll leave it to my friend Davis here to sign off. I think you already did that. Very good, Charlie. You did good, Charles. Listen, I don't get the chance to, to sign off these days. I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Thank you, Davis. I appreciate it. Yeah, so we'll see you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>